What's going on, guys? This is Gary. This is Josh. Let's talk soccer. How's it going, buddy boy? Not bad. How are you? Nice. So uh, you got to meet um, MLS superstar Joseph Martinez today. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Did an appearance here locally in Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States. And uh, if you don't know who Joseph is, he is, uh, let's see, he's an Atlanta United striker. Yes. Um, has set several goal-scoring records. Currently, at the time of this recording, he has scored in 12 consecutive matches uh, in the MLS, which, if we're going league by league, is technically one more than Jamie Vardy's record. There you 11. go. There you go. And he holds the record for most goals in the season, in a regular season at least, with 31. And uh, won uh, the Major League Soccer title last season. And Player of the Year. And Player of the Year. So, yep, reigning MVP, All-Star MVP last season, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, kind of um, kind of cool. All right. So, like I mentioned last podcast, um, this podcast will not be a platform for throwing out a bunch of data. Um, I think... That is better left to more visual platforms like Instagram, yes. which our handle is Let's Talk Soccer. Simple and easy to remember. If you haven't followed us, please do, because we are somewhere a little less than 150 followers away from 30,000 followers. It's crazy how much we've grown recently. Crazy. So a follow would be very appreciated if you don't follow us. Absolutely. Um, and... We don't sell anything. Uh, I know that there's some uh, some things uh, or some other uh, accounts may charge for this or that, which is completely cool. Um, we don't. Um, we just like having you all around. We yep. like the, the banta, 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 as they say. Anyway, okay, so we're not going to get into data here. Um, we will on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, as we just mentioned. Um, so let's talk kind of more observations. And I have posted these also at the Let's Talk Soccer um, Instagram page. But, um, you know, each week I'm going to try to post or we're going to try to post some, some sort of key takeaways uh, from one game week going into the next. And we're really starting to see some patterns, even just three games into the season. So here's the first observation. Pookie could be the real deal. Yep. It's one thing to score in your first Premier League match, which he did, check, against Liverpool, no less, check. Um, followed up by a hat trick. Yeah, crazy. Um, check. Uh, followed up by uh, a goal and an assist this weekend. Um you know, if this guy is a uh, flash in the pan, he's making a hell of a flash. Yes, he is. You know? Um, so, as of right now, I think he's a great investment. And <clears throat> the, uh, I don't know, the it's, it's nice that he's doing this well. I wish he was still sort of this uh, unknown player um, who actually, Barnes, is the lesser known pookie. Yep. Because uh, Barnes is just tearing it up, too, with goals scored. Um, so in terms of value forwards, or just value players altogether, um, Pookie and Barnes are the real deal. And we know Barnes 
is more so than Pookie just because Barnes has history in the league. Yep. Um, <clears throat> now, also in our observations, if you bring Pookie in or Barnes and they blank in week four, it's all right. And they blank in week five. It's okay. They may even blank in week six. They will get back to where they are. This happens with every single player. This happens with Salah. This happens with Kane. It happens with Sterling. It happens with Aguero. It's going to happen to everybody. You cannot score or assist in every single game. No striker does it or anyone in the world. Pele didn't do it. Messi doesn't do it. Well, kind of Messi feels like he does. Um, Cristiano doesn't do it. I mean, sometimes you just... It just doesn't go your way. Um, so do not lose the faith if um, you get on the Barnes train, as we call it, or you uh, get to the Pookie party a little bit late and he uh, is a little tired and wants to go home early from a couple of these parties. He'll be back and he'll want to party hard. Yep. So just uh, keep the faith. All right. The next observation, the word, quote unquote, essential. See that a lot. Hey, let's talk soccer. Is um, is Cantwell essential? Um, is Mason Mount essential now? And the answer is um, no. Why do you ask? Because a player has a good game, a good couple of games, doesn't mean that they're essential. At least not to us. Essential for me, at least personally, is um, a player that. Not only can you not do well without their productivity in your team, but also by not having them, you are at a severe disadvantage because of ownership. Yeah. So they have to be high performers and high ownership to be essential in my book. Everybody's got their own definition of it, but in FPL terms for me, that's essential. And for me, there's only two players. Sala and Sterling. I agree with both of those. I think, and I can't really think of anyone else. I mean, yeah, Aguero is playing great right now. I think last season, Aguero was probably essential. Um, I think when Jesus gets back and healthy, it might be a different story. I, I love Aguero, so I hope it's not, but it might be. <clears throat> De Bruyne is not even essential. Not yet, at least. No, not yet. Um, you know, he may be creeping up that way, but I still think he's far away. He's He's... Weeks away from it, uh, at the very least, for me. Um, so Salah and Sterling are it. Now, Cantwell and Mount and Martial and, you know, all of these other players, uh, Lundstrom, they all definitely have a spot in a lot of teams, and they are good players to get, which, by the way, we will also continue posting which players we think will do well not only in game week four, but also beyond, because we like to plan a little ahead. <clears throat> but um, but they're not essential, because you can't have uh, Cantwell, Ceballos, and McGinn in your team, probably. Um, you know, <clears throat> all of them are uh, high producers right now. Uh, they're all very inexpensive, which makes it super appealing. But you can't have all of those guys in your team. So... Um, so a long way in answering no, um, they're not essential. And the word essential for us has a very um, clear, concise, uh, and strict meaning to it. Next observation. Too many people want to get it perfect. 
Uh, I've seen this, you know, do I have the perfect team? I want to get it perfect. There is no, there's no perfect in life, first of all, um, and certainly no perfect in fantasy. Because even if you get, somehow you pick the entire game week for dream team, as soon as that game week's over, your team is no longer perfect. Um, somebody on that team will blank. Uh, maybe a lot of somebody's on that team. So you just, you'll drive yourself mad doing it, first of all. Um, nobody else has a perfect team. So um, kind of back to the earlier point, you cannot put um, Mount, Cantwell, McGinn, Sabayo, Sterling, Sala, De Bruyne, all in your team. You just can't fit all of these uh, super popular, um, super on-form players in your squad right now. So um, don't Strive for perfection because you're going to burn a lot of unnecessary um, time and energy and um, you're going to burn your free transfers and you're going to take a lot of hits. And just overall, you won't find the perfect team. No. It just will not happen. No. No. All right. Next observation. Um, Some people are all over the place. So we have seen just in our own sample size of 30,000 or so folks. Um, We saw managers buy De Bruyne. So De Bruyne had an amazing game week too. And he got snatched up by a lot of of managers. Price went up, a lot of transfers in. He had an assist this week, which is great. But now we're seeing so many of those De Bruyne managers who just transferred him in now saying, should I get rid of him and bring in Aguero? I don't get it. I don't get it. This is such a reactive game, and it's never been worse than this season. Here's another example. Um, Salah blanked last weekend, and Mane scored one, two, Uh, one? One. One, okay. Mane had a good game. Salah didn't. So... Salah, at one point, was the most transferred out player uh, going into game week three, which is absolutely uh, mind-blowing to me. And, of course, Mane was one of the top five players transferred in. Guess what happened this weekend? Flip the script. Mane with a big, fat goose egg, um, other than, I guess, two points, uh, and Salah with a double. So, and some bonus points, all three, I think. Yeah. So, it's unbelievable to me. And and so, a lot of those owners, a lot of those new Mane owners want to go back and they're like, oh, I should have never gotten rid of Salah. I'm going to go back and get him. Why in the world did you get rid of him in the first place? Do you not think that over the course of the season, to me, Salah is a player you just don't get rid of. Yeah, you sort of have to have him because he's so expensive already in the first place. Yeah, it's, you can't get him back. Then. Yeah, it's difficult to get him back. Um, Sterling the same now, injuries of course, um, but you know all other things being equal, I don't think they will leave our team for a second. I don't even think the thought has crossed our mind, even if it it just hasn't crossed our mind. We'll just yep. put it that way. Um, <clears throat> so make your decision. And just chill with it. Because, here's the thing too. I think last season, uh, Salah had, I don't know, we'll say around 31 points more. Maybe like 28 points more than Mane did last season. 
yeah, it'd be nice to have those 28 points back. But if if you get Mane's productivity of last season, 28 points short of Salah's, but that extra million pounds allows you to upgrade another player, which makes you back 40 points more than uh, the player you originally had in that spot, then you've netted out positive, right? You're at positive 12 points. Yeah. So you got to look at it that way. I, I think that there's a huge flaw in that we look at it on a player-to-player, apples-to-apples, like-for-like basis instead of the whole of my team. How many points is the whole of my team going to generate? Is uh, by getting De Bruyne in my squad instead of Sterling, which would allow me, and I'm just making this up, would allow me to get a bombing into my squad up top. Is that a better overall uh, combination of players? Is my squad better for it? I guess is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> and that's what you're trying to do here. So the bouncing around between... Uh, Inform player, out of form player, back to inform player, like that's just you'll just burn through yeah, everything. It just doesn't you make got. sense. All right, next observation. Big at the back. I said this before the season started. I thought it was a mistake. Big at the back. Doesn't seem to be working, guys. Uh short of a couple of teams this weekend that no one really would have expected, Austin Villa and Newcastle. Um not much to speak of. In terms of uh, maybe Southampton, um, not much to speak of in terms of clean sheets, especially for those premium defenders, right? So um, I've said this all along: balance in your squad is key. A premium or two defender, couple premium, maybe three midfielders, and then a premium striker, and then you fill in the rest. Um, that's how. I think you succeed in this thing because look at what happened. You pour 40% of your budget into your defense and you get a couple of points. I think we got two points from our defense and we have a nice defense. I like our defense. Um, Two points. So balance your team, especially if you're going to wild card. Look at balancing. Next observation. Seen a lot of managers who want to add or drop players during the weekend of play looking to drop or add players that haven't even played yet. So uh, Saturday night, getting messages from people saying, hey, do you think I should drop Jimenez? Should I drop Jota um, and bring in Barnes? Okay, well, Jimenez, Jota, and Barnes haven't even played yet. So... If you made that transfer ahead of time and Barnes blows out his knee or Jimenez uh, pulls a hamstring, you're, you're done. Now you're, now you're taking hits. <clears throat> so, you know, unless you already know that this is a transfer that's going to happen and it's not, well, do I think this player is going to do better than another? Should I make the trade ahead of time? Don't make the trade. You will live to regret it more often than not because uh, maybe the player you just transferred out that was in your team just killed it. And now you're now they're on a great run of form and you won't see any of that beyond that weekend because you traded them out. <clears throat> or a player in a great in great form, um, you transfer him in before he plays and something happens. So <clears throat> 
you know, uh, I've seen a lot of impatient FPL managers, and we are definitely a couple of them, but this is getting ridiculous. Now you want to predict the future even more so of, you know, before we've even seen the guys play that week. So a lot of this kind of nets out to uh, just uh, be strategic in your moves. Be, yep. be patient, be strategic, think about the whole, and be well-balanced. It's really not that difficult when you sort of boil it down to that. We, we tend to uh, just drive ourselves crazy uh, with analysis and with overthinking so much, and it's really not that hard. All right, before we go, we're not going to go necessarily specific players a whole lot. Maybe we'll mention a couple, but here's some teams. And we post the FDRs. We post for each team, we post, uh, post the next five game weeks for them, that little green and red and gray chart that we put up once a week. But teams that look like they've got a nice run of fixtures ahead of them. Austin Villa, for sure. Um, once Bournemouth get past Man City and... Uh, Actually, they just did. What am I looking at? Um, Bournemouth have a nice run ahead. Um, Chelsea, not too bad. Let's see. Everton, pretty good. Although they can't seem to score goals. Liverpool looking good. Man City, definitely looking good. Man United, looking good. They just got to figure out who's going to take their, their penalties. Maybe De Gea starts taking them. Who knows? He hasn't missed one yet. Um, and then West Ham a little bit, still not sold on West Ham. I know a lot of people are going for Holler, um, which is fine. I didn't watch the game, but it sounds like he played really, really well. Um, but don't know much of him, but we'll certainly look into his underlying stats and watch some highlights and let you guys know what we think of him. But I think that's going to do it. Yep. That's um, it. guys keep hitting us up on Instagram at let's talk soccer and uh, until next time, we say peace. Peace. Goodbye.